Welcome to Through the Trauma Podcast. My name is Amber Larkins, published photographer, storytelling expert, visual artist, entrepreneur, speaker, and coach. This podcast was born from one question. How do I get inspiring stories of triumph out to the people who need to hear them the most? Come with me, enter my world where lives are getting changed, heroes are getting developed, and greatness is being achieved. Hello, and welcome to Through the Trauma Podcast. I am Amber Larkins, your host, and today I have with me Mr. Ian Clark. He has an amazing story of how he has literally transformed his life. He watched his life turn around completely. And at 46 years old, he didn't know where he, he didn't know if he was even going to live and then ended up at 65 years old now, feeling his best, healthier than ever. And he has an amazing story that he's going to share with us as well as give us some tools and resources where we can also transform our lives and live the life that we deserve. So, Ian, thank you so much for joining us today. And so nice to have you here. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Amber, for having, having me on. And it's going to be a very interesting moment in, in history that we're going to be able to chat about these things. And, and I like the short intro because this whole interview and your podcast is all about the people listening. It's for you who are interested in finding out how to support your body's ability to be the best version of itself and get healthier than you ever dream possible and then continue to stay alive for a long time with great quality of life. And that's something that everybody wants. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited to jump in and, and talk to you. I know that you and I had a conversation before we got on this call, and I was very intrigued by everything that you've done. And then the things that you're, you're even doing now, your outlook on life. So I want to get into all of that. But um, before we do, why don't you just give us a little synopsis of your story and what that looked like and that how you decided to turn it all around. Yes. Yeah, well, fortunately, I can tell you right now, we'll kind of reverse engineer it back. Uh, as you mentioned, I just turned 65, which is a very young age, I'm finding out, because I learned how to tap into the fountain of youth. And people think the fountain of youth is unobtainable or it doesn't exist. It actually does exist. It's more real than I ever dreamed. Uh, at 46 years old, I was tapped into the fountain of death. And that's real as well because I saw the end of my life sitting around 49 years old, and I was wondering how on earth it got there, because I thought I would live at least 100 years, because that's, you know, my mom lived till, uh, five months short of her 100th birthday, my grandmother lived to 103, but my two uncles on my mom's side died at 51 and 54, and I looked like one of them. So I was genetically predisposed to that lineage, and I was facing ridiculous situations where I had three things happen within a few months of each other uh, where I, a tumor showed up at the bottom of my abdomen. I had heart disease symptoms, which were significant, but with my heart stopping for two to three seconds at a time. And if I sit up too fast, I was seeing stars, which indicated blocked arteries. I had liver numbers that were so dangerously off the charts that when the technician hooked me up to the machine and got the numbers, he didn't even need a doctor. He just said, you need to go to the hospital right now. You need to go and get in your vehicle and drive right to emergency. Because I walked in, I, was, I looked okay. I was kind of jaundiced. But anyway, I was like, I just told him, I said, your machine's broken. He goes, no, it's not broken. I said, yeah, it's broken. And I just walked out. Because at that time, I was already started on a, on a health path 
of supporting my body naturally to get out of the situation it was in. And when I, when the tumor showed up, I knew nothing. I wasn't started doing anything. I was starting to die. And I was told that it had to be cut out, that you had to, had to go and be surgically removed. And they wanted to check it, of course, for pathology to see if it was a malignant tumor or whatever. And it was growing quickly. And it was with every heartbeat. It was right at the bottom of my abdomen. Fortunately, it was in the most sensitive, most difficult place imaginable, all intertwined with my, my male reproductive organs, the urinary, all the, all the nerves and blood vessels in the reproductive area of a male. And it was not attached to the prostate, but it was attached to the colon. And it was growing. It grew out pretty, pretty large. And I was like, I don't want, I couldn't imagine a scalpel under general anesthetic going into that part of my body and possibly nicking nerves and causing me more problems. I looked it up and surgeries in those areas are very problematic. So I opted out and I phoned my brother who was a medical doctor for 30 years in North Bay, Ontario. He was a general practitioner, not a specialist. But he had some specialists working with him in his clinic, and he, they, they had a couple thousand patients had gone through. And he told me that it was all genetic predisposition, that I was just delta hand of cards, that that was the way it is. I look like Uncle Don. He died at 51 of cancer. He did everything the doctors told him and died promptly. My uncle, Bob, who was 54 when he died, he got diagnosed a year before his death. He did everything the doctors told him, and he died right on time. And I thought, that's really messed up. And that's 1978. And you're telling me that it's just genetic predisposition. It's nothing that I'm doing because I I'm basically was mainstream. I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't smoke cigarettes. didn't do drugs. I, I, I was a family man. still am. And, you know, it was a situation where, like, why? And I kept asking everybody, why? Well, I don't know. It's just statistics. Guys your age, this happens to you. A lot of guys die in their 40s. You know, and if you don't take action now, you're going to be dead really quick. And if you take action, there's no guarantees, but based on the prognosis at that time, it was about 36 months in 2004. So I thought, okay, well, if I've got 36 months, that's a, a bit of a runway to be able to search around the world and possibly find people who can naturally fix these problems. Because I woke up one morning in the midst of all this trauma, and it was very traumatic, for sure. And it was like overwhelmingly traumatic. And I'd also just gone bankrupt financially because I'd screwed up a business deal where I'd signed a document with the company on royalties for two inventions that I'd invested in. And the company they put it under, it went bankrupt. It was nothing to do with me. But that put me into a situation where they couldn't pay me royalties. And those royalties were, were servicing the debts that I had created to do all the work. So that put me into bankruptcy in 2004. So it just everything possible that could go wrong went wrong. And I, I didn't have anywhere left to go but up. So I thought, well, I'm, if I go to the doctors and, I, and I'm going to live three years and die or die within a year if I don't take their treatment, that's, I can't stand that attitude. There have to be people on the earth who have knowledge and have the top level knowledge on what I need to do. I'm obviously doing something wrong because it just has to be that. But I'm being told, no, it's genetic predisposition. Stop blaming yourself. And I've said, I'm not blaming myself. I'm not blaming anybody else. I've stopped all that. I'm taking responsibility because it's my body, and I'm the one going to get the check mark on my deceased note. The doctor is not only going to get it, make the check mark. I'm going to get it on my tombstone or whatever. So there, there have to be people. And the problem at that point was is that I didn't know who they were, where they were, or even how to start to find them. 
Mm. So I, I pled in a prayer and asked for help to be led. If I could be led to the people who have this knowledge, then I would put away all my prejudices because I think we all have prejudices without knowing how much we are loaded with programming. And I happen to be super programmed, I found out afterwards. And, and just let it go. If, if people, if I was introduced to somebody and led to somebody, I would listen and do whatever it took to do whatever I needed to do. And if I had to suffer, so be it. If I had to have fun, so be it. If I had to spend money, which I didn't have, so be it. Time, energy, all that stuff, I was wide open because I had nothing left to lose. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the only thing to go is up. Can't be any worse. And fortunately, it turned out that just slowly but surely, I started to do some research and I was led in different directions through the very strange synchronicities that one at a time, I was just like, it was like the first rung of the ladder. Okay, now you got to do this, you know, clean up your diet. You got to think about hydration. You got to learn about stress. You have to learn about getting better sleep. You have to stop eating any fast foods, right? You have to go away from all the genetically modified organisms. It was just this process of the, of the kindergarten basics of how to live a healthy lifestyle. And I was gung-ho and game to do whatever. And it was a pretty radical change. I, I, the first four and a half years, crazy enough, I was a raw food vegan. I stopped all meat. I stopped all, like, like I can't stand titles, by the way. I, I don't have any titles right now. <laughs> but that was the main title that it was on my head there for a little while. And it was okay because it got me away from the super poisons. And my body went down to like a skeleton. Everybody thought for sure I was going to die then. But I started out way overweight. I was a very overweight, obese, yeah, awful looking thing. And, um, and I was not happy about that. But then I went down to the skinny little stick walking around. And everybody was quite certain that I was on the wrong track who were looking at it from an outside view, the people who were instructing me were very happy with that. And then slowly, I started to learn more truth and more information, and it got simpler. And then I got rid of all the titles. And, you know, because we all like titles, because I, I found out that I was very entitled without even knowing about it. <laughs> it was weird. Because <laughs> I got to find all these things about myself introspectively that I didn't like. It was like, mm-hmm. whoa, what was that? Just what was that? You know, and, and in creating my own trauma. You know, meanwhile, I was, I was in a program where I thought if I could find other people to take responsibility for my problems, then that would make me feel better. It would make me feel like I wasn't as dumb as I actually was. And it was sort of that whole humbling thing that you go through where everything just crashes down and every paradigm gets shattered until you finally realize that there is, is light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. And you come out of that. So that took seven years from 2004 to 2011 to get rid of all like the tumor dissolved completely out of my body. It grew large and then it, then it shrunk a bit and it was hard. And then it stopped throbbing for a few years. And then I took some silver dihydrogen citrate, which is not even available to consume in the market. I got it from a company that sells a surface cleaner. It was pretty radical. And I took it. It's non-toxic. It can't hurt you. But within two weeks, the tumor went from a hardened, kind of a dormant state up into a, like a size of almost a football inside my body. I had, to, I had to get loose jeans and waddle around with this lump 
that was putting pressure on my body and, but it was soft. And then it, and then it just suddenly shrunk down overnight on the 15th day or so. And then it went down to back to the hardened state. And then a year later, it just slowly dissolved out of my body. I just noticed. Was that scary? The fear thing didn't work on me. I was so scared at the start, you know, where you're freaking out and people think you got cancer. I never had cancer. The tumor was based on, I had, I found out I had massive fungal infections, like really deep level rooted fungal infections in my body. I had yeast overgrowth. I had chemical overload. I had bacterial overloads. So in a major heavy metal poisoning, I'd worked in the oil field for 17 years and I was in the field itself because I was a crazy 18-year-old who hitchhiked out west. I was supposed to go to the university like my older brothers and sisters. And, but I hitchhiked out west in the summer of 76, fell in love with this high-speed, extremely challenging environment in the oil field, working on these rigs on you know, oil, oil and gas wells down to 15,000 feet deep. And it was just like rock and roll. And I loved it. And I thought, man, this is the life, not knowing I'm getting super poisoned the whole time. Because you're you're just exposed to all this stuff, chemicals and lead. Lead was a big one. I was like literally full of lead. I should have been dead. Learned about learned all about detoxing that stuff out. It all came out very unceremoniously. It was a huge suffering process at different times because I was that close to death. You bring about an interesting point though that you know you're you're aware of this this toxicity that's in your body, but. You know, it's unfortunate because we live in a very toxic world and how many other people are walking around like ticking time bombs almost because we have all of these toxins inside of our body from the air we breathe to the food we eat to the things we consume to the things we put on our bodies. It's it's we live in a very toxic world. Very much. Yeah, the environment is toxic. I like your, your term ticking time bomb. That's a very good descriptive thing because I, w I was on a timeline. I'm on a timeline now, but my timeline is way out in the future. But the timeline when you're that close, it's like every day matters. So you can take the approach that, you know, you're going to be dead in a year. But if you take all these barbaric treatments where we open your body up and cut all this garbage out of it and give you all these treatments, these barbaric treatments, you're going to, you know, you'll have 36 months to live at least. At least you'll have 36 months more with your children. Won't it, won't it be great? Meanwhile, you'll suffer the entire time. So mm -hmm. I, I, a totally different approach. I'm not going to be dead in 36 months. I have 36 months to live, and I'll use that 36 months to try to get it to 60 months. Like, I've wondered this as well. Like, how the doctors, they'll put you on these programs, and they give you a timeline. How do they know that timeline? And people would argue, well, they know it because they've seen it time and time again, or they know how your body is going to respond to the things they're giving you. And regardless, they're giving you a timeline. So to me, I've, I've always said, if I, cancer runs in my family, and I've often said that if I ever get cancer, I would rather live out the rest of my life not being sick, but you have cancer drugs that make people sick. You feel like crap for the amount of time that you're on them. So to opt into doing that, and it, it, I do think it revolves around fear. So many people are scared because the doctor says, well, you, if you take this, you'll live, you know, what, a year later or maybe a couple months past what you're already going to live anyway. But then we hear stories like yours 
or I've heard multiple stories because I've researched this a lot, but story after story after story of people literally transforming the way that they do things with their body, the way they're exposed to certain toxins and literally transforming to become healthier. I first heard of this, my, um, my ex-husband, his, his father had heart disease and they told him, you have to have this surgery or you're going to die. And he said, no, I'm not having the surgery. And they said, well, then at least take this medicine or you will die. And he said, okay. So he takes the medicine, loses it. I think the next day <laughs> didn't find it. So quits taking the medicine and literally transformed his diet, his exercise, like all the things he was doing in his life. He transformed that. And, and he, yeah. I believe he's in his eighties now. It's crazy. Yeah. So yes. story after story. So there's gotta be some logistical truth to this, you know? So I'm curious, like we hear these stories. We, I'm hearing you talk about this, this transformation making that decision and not having fear, making it out of saying, I'm not going to let fear rule me. This must have definitely been a process. Can you take us through what that process was like once you made the decision and then you started doing these things? Talk to us a little bit about that process. What was that like? Uh, there were some difficulties for sure, because I, was, I didn't know that I was addicted to certain things uh, in the food realm. So I'll just take an example, uh, fast food. So I used to really like going to Wendy's. I don't know if you guys have Wendy's down there. Mm -hmm. Wendy's up here. And I would go and I had a very specific thing. I would always get the same thing, like number four with uh, super size or whatever, you know, like the bacon cheeseburger. And, <laughs> and the Frosty. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and, well, and, a, and, you know, the super size Coke. And like, yeah. just the worst possible things you could possibly you know, you could ever eat. And the thing that it did, it, it made me happy when I ate it. It made me like, ah, it was really good. So then, and that's why I was doing it. I wasn't doing it because I was a bad person. I did it because it made me feel good. The effect of that was killing me. And so once I realized that was one major problem, I said, that's it. I am not going to go to Wendy's again. And around 1130 every morning, because I, I would usually start getting hungry around that time. And then I would go and get my lunch at Wendy's, I thought, yeah, I'm not going. And, and every minute that went by, once I started getting hungry, my stomach started turning into a ravening wolf. It felt like something eating me from the inside out. And I started getting a pounding headache. And I went, oh, no, no, I can't. I, I, maybe I'll do it tomorrow because I have to work. I had to work. And, and I was working for this company that had actually put me into bankruptcy because the company who purchased that company for 23 cents in the dollar, kept me on as an exec. So I had to stay on track. So over to Wendy's, eat it, totally relieved my symptoms. So my headache went away. My gut was happy. I was like, oh, that's terrible. And that went on for a few weeks. I didn't just do it the one day. I couldn't resist. And so I, I realized that, wow, I've never tried to stop this before. I can't believe it. This is actually an addiction. Wow. So what I did is I sat my body down that night, the last time I went to Wendy's, and I've never been back since. I sat myself down and I said, Ian, your body, which is one third of you, is the boss. Obvious. And, and I said to myself, to my body, I said, you are totally fired. You are fired. You are dismissed. You're like a 
You're like a temperamental, spoiled, rotten little brat. And I'm done with you. Do you want to get into a fight? Do you want to get into a fight? I'm into it. Let, let's have a scrap. Let, tomorrow, you do whatever you want. If you want to have a temper tantrum and have my gut on fire and have a pounding headache, bring it on. It was like I was literally at that point, I was so upset. And the next day came and it came on real hard. It was like, yeah, that went on for a minimum three weeks. I didn't keep track of the exact time, but it was around three weeks. And every day it would happen the same way. It was terrible. And I'm like, is that all you can do? Is that all you've got? I'm way stronger than you. I'm way tougher than you. You think you're tough? Yeah, try again. And eventually during the day it would, it would go away, but then it kept coming back. And then one day it just stopped. It literally stopped. I never had another thing like that ever happen again. And, and I just, it just I broke the addiction. And that's where I realized that my body cannot control my mind. My body was definitely controlling my thinking. It was controlling my feeling. And it was controlling my behavior. And it was killing itself. My body was killing itself. And it's not allowed because my body's the interface between my being, my soul, who I am, and this world that we live in, where I'm supposed to be here in top-level service. <clears throat> so that was it. That, that, that was the first transition. Then when I got into the detoxification side, I went through incredible detoxes. And I don't think most people would never go through that because they weren't as toxic as I was. But I had purges. I would be down for 48 hours and having fevers where I would be freezing cold and then sweating hot and, and then freezing cold and, and only could drink water and have so much stuff come out of my body without even eating food for those two days that I was like, wow, I think I lost about 2,400 pounds <laughs> in, all, in the, whole, the whole thing. My body weight dropped 90 pounds, but my body lost hundreds and hundreds of pounds, hundreds of pounds of this stuff. They kept rehydrating and going out. So that was a, a very gross time that should have never happened, but it did. What was and this detox like? The, the oh, detox yeah. that you did, did you, was it a specific detox or did you just detox in that you just quit doing certain things? Well, I was radical so I, at the time, and I don't believe in being radical. I think that it's really actually dangerous to go into what's called a Herxheimer event, which is what I was in several times because I was doing too much too quickly. So the reason that happened that particular time that I'm referring to, which was the most epical of the worst, is we were getting into wheatgrass juice. I was told, you got to drink wheatgrass juice. You can only drink one ounce a day. And then after about a week, you go up to two ounces. And we were making our own wheatgrass at home, growing the wheatgrass and juicing it with these special masticating juicers. And we got this whole operation going. And I was about halfway through the cycle. The goal was to get up to 14 to 15 ounces a day. And it takes you got to just slowly ramp up as your body detox. Well, one Saturday morning, we had made all the wheatgrass juice for the whole family because the whole family got into this. We have seven children. So everybody was like into this. So my wife was not happy about this, having to do all this stuff at the time. She finally came around, but it was like a radical change for her to go to raw food vegan. Are you kidding and so she was ballistic a few times. At any rate, that particular morning, I, had, I came down to the counter in the kitchen. We were going to move some stuff into storage with my oldest son and I. And I saw the eight-ounce glass. I was at eight ounces of wheatgrass at that time. And I drank the eight ounces. And then we left and went to the, to the storage. And by the time we got there, it was about 20 minutes later. 
I started to feel really, really sick. And I didn't know why. Like nauseous, like, oh, my head was spinning. I was like in bad shape. And I said to Anthony, I said, you know, I think I'm getting really sick and I don't think I can keep staying here. Can you take me home? And so on the way home and the drive home, halfway there, I realized what had happened. I, I'd forgotten that I'd already drank my eight ounces uh, initially. The extra eight ounces was the only extra that was left over from the batch. I thought that I had not drank it yet. So I actually had 16 ounces in my system. And that's what made me super sick. And I, because it, it was just this, like, it's a detergent. Wheatgrass juice is a detergent. And so that's where I went into this 48 hour total tailspin. And my wife just brought me water and I laid there and I slept and I froze and I sweated and filled the toilet. I don't know how many times, dozens of times with this most incredibly terrible black stuff ever. That just, I couldn't even stand any of it. And I, I actually felt like I was going to die for a bit. It was like, it would almost be better to die than be like this. This is what it felt like. So anyway, I got through that. And on the Monday morning when I woke up, I felt so good. I was like a new me, you know? So that was, you know, that's, but that's radical. I, I, it's just not necessary. I should never, ever do that. But I did it. It happened. And maybe there was some great reason for it. Maybe it saved my life at that point. I don't know. So what would but, you recommend? Like if you had someone that come to you and said, hey, I'm, I'm looking to detox my body. And you're like, well, you don't have to be radical, but what does that actually look like? Well, it looks totally different now. I don't recommend wheatgrass juice to anyone. Oh. Uh, it, it has a whole bunch of other side effects that you don't want. I know now, after all these years, of the definitive things that gently, gently remove. By, there's a thing called Solaris. And Solaris is a product that has only got three ingredients. It has rosemary, thyme, and clove. You add it to the water. You don't get any Herxheimer effect because when you drink it, you can even put it into your skin. But when you drink it, it connects with the heavy metals, the fungus, and the various different microbial things that make people sick. And it turns it into inert matter so it's harmless. So it doesn't go into the brain and give you massive headaches and do all these things. And it just slowly, gently, every single day, it just slowly moves all the stuff until it's all gone. And that's mm. what I recommend people. Just be gentle with yourself. If, you, if you're getting into Herxheimer, you're going too fast back it off a little bit, take it easy, be respectful. Now, if somebody is two weeks from dying of something and they've got to be radical, that's different. But I don't deal with that. You know, I'm not a doctor. I, we don't have a medical clinic. You work with herbs and natural medicinal things to help get your body back on track to be able to fight off. The body is an amazing thing, by the way. Like it is, it's amazing the more you learn about how putting certain things into the body actually counteracts some of the toxins that we're exposed to. It's, it's really an amazing thing, but you know, all of the, the ins and outs of healing the body because you've done it yourself, right? Yeah. Well, it got easier and easier. The, the more time that went on, the more I learned, the simpler it became and the more definitive and the more effective, but I, there was no possible way that I could go from the first rung on the ladder to the 10th rung of the ladder. I had to go one rung at a time. When it, when it, by the time I got up to the 10th rung, I looked back and went, okay. So if I could go back to myself in 2004 today, I would be able to completely transform my body within six months to a year maximum for a very tiny amount of money, time, 
and energy and effort because of what I know now. But there was no one on the earth who I met who had that knowledge. They only had knowledge at different levels as I was going. It was like, you know, going through school, middle school, high school, university. Like right now we're at the, the eighth year of PhD level knowledge. And that's where it becomes extremely simple, extremely effective. And you don't go through that terrible suffering process because of the knowledge. And that's what we're here now to share with everyone. Because uh, on the journey, and you know, because you're a very healthy person and you've, you've been focusing on getting healthy spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, environmentally, domestically, and financially. Those are all the areas where you really want to be strong and healthy to be functional. And you know that there are people on this earth who have the top level knowledge. If you were to go and learn the violin right now, you've never played the violin, you want to take violin lessons. If you could get access to the number one most advanced teacher on earth who teaches violin, that's who you would choose if you could. And you would learn how to play the violin 10 times faster than if you went to the lower level teachers. Mm -hmm. So I knew that. And one of, my, one of my requests was I would love to be led to those top people because there's a lot of good things you can do and they're at this level. Then you have greater things. Then you have even greater than that. And then up here, you have the greatest of all. And when you, if you tap in here, which is now what we can provide to people, then it becomes extremely simple and easy. And I, I remember about 15 years ago, I was sitting on the couch in the living room. This is at the very beginning of it all. And I thought, what if we find out one day that being healthy is a God-given right that doesn't cost money? Doesn't, it's free. Wouldn't that be interesting? I thought, well, that's, it sounds like a ridiculous thing because it was so expensive to buy all the supplements and to buy all the technology on the journey. There was like $1.5 million spent on all these cool things. Because remember, I didn't have money. I was bankrupt, right? And in 2007, I found out about this thing called marine phytoplankton. It's a nutrient that comes from the ocean. It's still almost unknown in the world today. But these two strains of phytoplankton are the perfect match for the human nutritional profile. So when you take them, your body knows exactly what to do with them. Because your body is so intelligent, it knows everything. We're like a most intelligent computer that's ever existed. And we have streams of data that are feeding back to the brain, to the heart, to the gut, our instincts, our passion, and calculator that tells exactly what's going on. So when you put that in your system, your body immediately starts to feel better. And it's like you're charging up your battery. So I'm like, what is this stuff? You know, I knew nobody knew about it. And I had it. I found it from a guy in Vancouver, Canada. And I'm taking it. So I started telling people in Canada, and they're like, oh, that doesn't sound very appealing. And it's, it's expensive. They thought it was expensive. It cost like $60 a month at the time because it was brand new and you, you can only get a little bit of it. So that seems expensive, but it really isn't. $60 a month is what, $2 a day? <laughs> but uh, because it's a mental perception thing, we don't calculate well. And, and the people in Canada, like Canadians, I find are sort of skeptical more than most people. And I'm not, I'm a Canadian, right? So. <laughs> I went down to California and I showed some people down there the marine phytoplankton. They're like, oh, I'd like to try that. I said, you would? They go, yeah. People in Canada didn't want to try it. And so I, I gave them samples and I said, yeah, let me know what you think. 
And, and some of them came back and they said, is this stuff even legal? Am I really actually feeling good from this stuff? Like, like the, really? I said, oh, I guess so. I don't know. It's definitely legal. It's just food. And it has every nutritional molecule known to any historical data on the earth. So yeah, it's really cool. And they said, well, where do we get it? I said, well, I can get it. And I, I had this resource out of Europe where I could pull it in. And within the first 24, like between 2007 and two, the end of 2009, we sold about $2.8 million worth of this marine phytoplankton only to people in California. And we didn't, I didn't have any sales organization. I had no incentives, no marketing. I just told some people who were connected with other people in the health and high, high level wellness space. And they told their friends and they were buying it from them. So they were buying it from us for $20 and selling it for 60. So they had big margins to work with and people loved it. And so we had, we had got about $800,000 of that money, of that 2.8 million into a bank account in a fairly short period of time. And we lived a lifestyle that didn't require a whole lot of money because we'd learned to live within our means. I, I was never wealthy. And, and then all of a sudden we had all this money. So I thought, well, what do I do with the money? We, I'm not gonna go spend it. We're gonna put it into research. Because if we found out about this, what else is there? There must be other things. And it turned out that it just, other things added on. And, and then we opened up a little website where we started selling direct to people. Instead of going traditional, where you go to a distributor and say, hey, I got this health product, natural health product, and they take it to a reseller or a health food store and sell it. And there's this big buffer between we, the producer, and the person who's consuming it. And you don't get to hear from them. But when we sold directly to people who are using it, we got immediate feedback. And we're getting all these testimonials about how great they're feeling and they're raving about it. And that just went word of mouth. So when we set up the website, then we went into, like we were doing 10 million a year in sales. And that, that and we, we took it really seriously. We set up a company, we got registered with Health Canada. We got, you know, GMP certifications, certified organic. We, we built a 70,000 square foot factory that we use 55,000 square feet today to produce. We, I made sure we produce all of our own stuff to make sure the quality was consistent. And that's the whole key is to have never let yourself grow beyond the ability to retain quality. And now we have like 15 products that are very specific. But the most important thing is not the products. The products are essential, but it's the knowledge of why. Why are you going to do certain things? And the cost just kept going down and down and down and down and down to stay healthy and then to get very, very healthy today. So my, for example, my grocery bill is 25% of what it was even just a few years ago. Because once your body is satiated, it has everything it wants. It just doesn't get hungry. I don't lose weight. I don't gain weight. I have massive amount of sustainable energy. I, have, I sleep like a rock. I have perfect digestion. My whole cardiovascular system is like a 25-year-old. All my mm -hmm. organs are cleaned out completely and working like a young man. My whole structure, like all your connective tissue, your muscle systems, cartilage and joints that were damaged heavily from working in the oil field, all of those have been completely repaired. I found out how to mechanically repair, like where you yourself mechanically, physically repair your body. And it doesn't cost any money. It takes time and energy and courage. And I didn't have much courage any more than anybody else would. But as I did these things, I, it was like putting courage into my bank account. And my bank mm -hmm. account got courage, which I earned. 
And I would use that courage to keep going. And now today, I'm sitting in a body that I had no clue could possibly be this high functioning. And everything from endocrine system to brain function, respiratory has been a really huge upgrade as well. My lungs were so compromised because I breathed so much pollution working in the oil field. And then I'm subjected to the same pollution you are, you know, just driving around in a car from tire dust, brake dust. They cremate all the bodies now. So cremated bodies are off-gassing all this terrible particulate matter into the environment we're in. So all these invisible nanoparticles that we can't see, taste, or smell are being, being breathed at 4 million liters a year. The average adult breathes 4 million liters, 4 million quarts per year of air that has all these incredibly large amount of contaminants that are invisible, but they're real because tires wear out 10 billion pounds a year of rubber dust, cotton, epoxies, resins, metals, chemicals. It's all in the atmosphere a mile and a half above all the highways and we're breathing. So that accumulates until you're dead. That's what kills people. You get congested. You get, you know, eventually people say you die of old age. That's not old age. You died because you breathe hundreds of millions of liters of air and your body just got behind more and more and more and you couldn't filter it out. And your blood system is totally contaminated. And I found out how to produce clean blood, not just clean the blood. You can't clean the blood fast enough. You have to produce clean blood. That clean blood then goes in and cleans out your liver, cleans out your kidneys, makes those filters function at their highest level. It pushes all the stuff out of your lungs. <clears throat> I went through detoxes where I, for a month at a time, I would cough up this white glue that had no taste, had no color. It was thick like glue, and it would get stuck in my bronchioles. I'd have to leave the room. like get. It was like an exercise program. I'd have to cough so much to get this stuff to get out of my bronchioles up into my throat to spit it out, that it was an exercise program. It was that much. And the reason my body did that is because it was pushing it all out because it had all come in. And your lungs, for example, have 260 square kilometers, which is 100 square miles of surface area. They're not balloons that fill up. They're a flesh matrix that has 100 square miles of surface area that instantaneously transfers the oxygen from the air and all the contaminants into your bloodstream instantly. And, and you only have five liters of blood in your whole body, five quarts, that's it. And so therefore, if you're counting on your liver and your kidneys and some detox program to keep your blood clean, you're dreaming. So how do you do this as far as cleaning the blood? Is this a supplement? What I've learned, and this is all scientific, this is the highest level scientific knowledge is all mathematically based. Mm -hmm. So. Like our, our factory here, when we produce natural products and we put it in bottles and pipettes and we label and we mm -hmm. put it in boxes and ship it to you, you consume it. So our factory requires truckloads of trucks that show up, offload these pallets with all this raw material on them because we take it from scratch from raw material and we produce these products. Well, the moments the trucks stop, we're out, of, we're out of production. Your body is exactly the same thing. Your body wants to produce clean blood, but it can't because you don't know the raw material you have to give it. So when I discovered what the raw material is, I drink it all day long. It's in this fluid. I start it with pure water, and I add five grams of concentrated sea minerals that are certified pure that come from the ocean. It turns out that the ocean minerals, the sea minerals, are the exact bioidentical and biocompatible material that your blood is made of.
So when you drink it throughout the day, it goes into your digestive system, your bloodstream immediately picks it up and produces clean blood. Then all the dirty blood, because I, I spent, before I understood the actual formula, I was 64 years old before I learned this. And I'm only 65. So in the last year, I've gone through this incredible transformation from being super healthy to being completely healthy. And I watched all the things change like I never dreamed possible because my, my body started producing this clean blood. All the dirty blood kept leaving. And then your lymphatic system, which you also have five liters of lymph fluid, it doesn't pump. But when your blood cleans up, then the lymphatic system can dump into there. And then you, you, the rest of your body, you're 80% fluid. People say you're 80% water. That's not true. You're 80% fluid. If you cry tears, it tastes like ocean water. If you taste sweat and it drips off your forehead into your mouth when you're working out, it tastes like ocean water. You're a literal walking ocean. And your stomach has hydrochloric acid in it. Well, sea minerals are all chloride minerals. And there's like 90, 90 plus minerals that naturally happen from the ocean. And when you so get, it, it balances yeah. like the pH. Oh, yeah, it does all that. Well, the pH is what's interesting is everybody thinks, oh, I got to drink alkaline water. That'll save me. No. <laughs> no, this is not the case. Our, our stomachs are 1.5 pH when they're healthy. You get hydrochloric acid in your stomach at 1.5 pH. That's really acidic. And it needs to be very, very strong. When it's not full strength, then you get GERD, acid reflux, because your body's like trying to compensate and just frothing and it's causing heartburn and it causes digestive issues. So when you have perfectly strong stomach acid, you digest everything perfectly. And then the, the salt water goes in and cleans your whole entire digestive system out. So all the parasites leave, all the microbial stuff, all the yeast overgrowth, anything, anything in there that would build up over your life is gone. And so you have this clean blood cleaning everything rather than hoping that this detox thing I take is going to do all the cleaning. Well, we, I have stuff that does clean the blood, but that's only the icing on the cake. The cake is your blood itself. And so all your cells then can dump into this clean bloodstream, which makes it full of garbage again. But because you're drinking all this, this raw material, your body keeps producing clean blood. You keep washing yourself out. And now I'm walking around with five liters of the cleanest blood imaginable. And all my organs are all cleaned out. All the garbage from them has left. And you know, you know your blood circulates through your entire body every minute of every day. You pump 7,600 liters of blood. If your heart stops right now, and this is where we get into being a nerd, okay? <laughs> when your heart stops for only eight seconds, if it misses eight beats, you're blacked out. You actually pass out. That's how critical the instantaneous flow of your blood is every second of your life. And if you're, if you're blacked out on the floor and nobody resuscitates you, in eight minutes, you're gone. You're dead in eight minutes. So it's a very sensitive thing. So the 86,500 heartbeats per day have got to be pumping clean blood that you produce. And that solves all the problems. So all these problems that I used to have to remediate and have a remedy for, all those remedies are no longer required. Then you need remedies. Mm -hmm. Now I don't need remedies. So with what you do with your business, do you do, you, you, still, you sell these supplements. Do you also help people learn the process or do you do any coaching to help them learn how to start making these changes in their in their diet and in in their actions as well 
Yeah, I've done a lot of coaching, but that's a bottleneck. So what we're in the process of doing right now as we speak is we're building courses, very simple courses that people can purchase the course and then they can learn for themselves. They only have to do it the one time because once they have that knowledge and then they put it into practice, these very simple things that are super cost effective to do and their whole body changes over the next 12 months, that teaches them the reality of what it is. Because I can tell you where I'm at. I can tell you the things I do. But until you, until you know why you're going to do it, you won't do it. <sighs> and, and until you actually do it, because you have to know why, then you learn and, it, and then you see all the changes. So this is called the physiological upgrade. So <laughs> think about you, your being right now. You're a <laughs> physiological being, hyper-intelligent. Every one of you are hyper-intelligent. And your body is waiting for you to learn what, how this works so you can support your body's ability to heal itself because it's all automatic. So you start out with physiology. When you fix your physiology like this, then that, that creates good emotion. Now, the word emotion is actually energy in motion. It's not a feeling. People confuse emotions with feelings. It's not. Emotions drive your feelings. If you're, if you're putting good energy out from your physiological being, that creates very good feelings. And when you feel great, then that affects your thinking like, wow, this is, I'm really actually happy to be here. Life is good. I am so thankful to be in this age where we have this information and no one else around us has it yet. And it's our job to get it to them. And my thinking completely changed. Like when I wake up in the morning, I know exactly why I'm here. I know exactly what the mission is and how many people I want to support. Can't help them. They have to help themselves. But I'm here to support them so that they can be activated. That's why the name of the company is Activation Products. Because every time I would share things with people, I would see them get activated to take responsibility and do things to step into the self-care revolution. Because no one cares about you as much as you do. Right? And, and so when I realized that I cared about myself at a high level, I could transfer the energy of that care to you. And then you get energized by this proper energy and motion, you start feeling better. You start thinking, man, I, this is awesome. I didn't know you could be like this. And then your thinking affects your behaviors. Your behavior drives the results. When you get good results and you start looking better, you get a useful glow, everything's fixing itself. Then that goes all the way back down to your physiology and improves that energy flow, going back to your emotions, back to better feelings, back to even clearer thinking, back to better behaviors, because I, I, I can't say, oh, I had so much willpower. I was, I'm this awesome paragon of virtue, <laughs> far from. I had, to go, I had to start with the physiological, which drove everything. And it doesn't require willpower. It requires knowledge. And people are perishing from a lack of knowledge because they don't know about the error. It's the thing that's actually taking them out. And, and here's how I figured that one out. And I actually did figure this out by calculating I've had all these millions and millions of dollars to invest into research. And one of the ways I did it is by flying around the world, you know, being able to connect with people who are in these health events, listening to the gurus, listening to the sages, listening to the experts. And these are people with a wealth of knowledge. And I noticed that they're all sharing basically the same thing at the end of the day. You know, you want to be mindful. You want to be kind to yourself. You want to be loving to other people. You want to eat clean food. You want to stay hydrated. You want to get better sleep. You want to manage your stress. You want to do all these things. 
and they knew all this stuff. And then they would die right on time. They would get old and die. It's like they died right in the regular time frame of mainstream, which is 74 to 79 years old. If they're super health conscious, so-called, they'll live from 81 to 85 years old average. If you live in a blue zone, which everybody's talking about, the average age is 83. You get a few more people living till 100 in a blue zone, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm talking about a healthy body that keeps on living because a healthy body doesn't die. They don't, old age is not a thing. I didn't die of old age if I got old and died. I died from a, a number of health problems that kept building up and building up until my body expired. So when you find out and you get the keys on keeping your body between a 25 to a 35-year-old biological health, 25 to 35-year-old structural health, so you're flexible, mobile, agile, strong, and you got endurance physically, your body just keeps on living. It's not about, oh, I'm 65. It's like, who cares? When I'm 150 years old, I'm going to look 150, but I'm going to look like a healthy 150-year-old, which is not much different than I look right now. I'll have the same glow, the same energy, the same passion. When I'm 200 years old, it'll be the same because I found out what allows the body to keep living, not because I say I'm going to live to 150 or two years. It's ridiculous. And, and it's not even li living to 150 or two, 200 or 300. It's about one thing. A key performance indicator is that today, Amber, you have a certain level of health. Tomorrow, you're going to be one day older. And tomorrow, you're either going to be a little bit less healthy if you keep on track with what everyone else is doing, or you're going to be a little bit more healthy. Every single day, you're going to get better because you learn more and you're doing, you're just practicing the very simple things that anyone can do. You don't have to be a billionaire. You don't have to have 50 doctors. You don't have to eat 100 pills a day. You don't have to make some glop that you've got to eat. You're living a very, very balanced, healthy lifestyle that you're, we're having fun. You're feeling great and you're feeling better every single day. When you feel better every day and you get stronger, more health, you know, better respiratory, better brain function, better endocrine, better hormone, better circulatory, better respiratory, better digestion, more active, you know you're on the right track. And that's what we have. We have the actual knowledge on how to do this. It doesn't matter if no one else knows. It took all this process. And literally, I, I have invested over $90 million into research without taking the money and spending it on fancy this and fancy that. Because that whole lifestyle is weird. Like the, the, more, the more stuff you have, the more bandwidth that gets taken up up here and the more unhealthy it is. You only need to have the highly functional things that are safe. You need to have a house that's safe to live in, vehicles that are safe to drive. You have to be able to get some space to relax and de-stress yourself and, and some me time for you. Right? And then you're yeah. in the flow. Then you get out there and you're living your life to the fullest. Everyone around you is inspired. And they're feeling great and they go, whatever you're doing, it looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, let's keep doing that. And what you're saying is is profound. I, I definitely agree. You said something earlier when we first started talking that people have to, I don't remember the exact terms you used, but basically saying that you they have to first make the decision to take this path. And it's not always an easy path. Although I have meditated on this and I actually was just thinking about it this morning, how idea of energy and you brought this up about about energy and it's like almost like once you put something in motion you can then start to gain traction and momentum in doing that 
So it starts, I believe it starts really with a decision. I'm going to make a decision to make a change in my life. And sometimes that is, I don't want to say we're forced into it, but sometimes we are forced into it by our, our health deteriorating. Like in your case, um, doctors saying you're going to die. Sometimes it's just a push to want to be healthier. But when you make the decision to say, I'm going to stop going down this path and I'm going to turn and go down a different path, then gaining the knowledge of what, what you're teaching, the knowledge that's out there to everybody. And, and I truly feel it's almost like going back to the basics a little bit, like just do the basic things that, that has been healthy for years. Like as humans, we try to complicate things. And, um, and I think with big marketing and big pharma and all these different areas, try to complicate things to try to get us to spend more money with them, of course. But at the end of the day, it's like once we get in this direction, we start gaining momentum and it becomes harder and harder then to turn from that. So I have uh, in my own personal life, when I started, I, I went through not a, not, it was not a health crisis, but it was, I was always really skinny. I hated my body and people, you know, laugh and say, oh, you're skinny. Why did you hate your body? Well, because I got made fun of for being super skinny in school and, um, and I was not happy with my body. So when I got in college, I started working out. And now I'm into my 40s. And I will tell you that working out is an integral part of my life. And I yes. look back over those 20 plus years of working out. And it has, I've literally, the amount of energy and momentum that I have in doing it, it's like I can't stop doing it now. And I think that this, what you're describing is if people can get, like, first make the decision, gain the knowledge, do the things that, that, it, that it takes, you get to a point where it becomes a habit in your life. And you get to a point where it becomes much easier to the point where you look back and you're like, I don't even think I could go back there if I tried. Right. It's really, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's, that's momentum for sure. And, and what, what I found, it just became easier and easier and easier. And, you know, like if we can go back to the beginning to 20, 2004 and tell myself what it was then, it would be so much better. But I'm so glad I went through that. I had to go through that to be able to get to that point and to come to the realization that I, even after all the training from all these experts and gurus and sages, I realized that they didn't know the actual final thing, nor did I. And when I realized I didn't know, then I was like, wow, that's like a confession. I don't know, but I know the knowledge is there. I don't know where the knowledge is. I know it exists. So therefore, if I open up a space to allow that knowledge to come, maybe it will. I couldn't force it. I couldn't figure it out. I just knew that we didn't know and that the knowledge had to exist. And sure enough, it did. And so it just slowly came in. It started around 2017. It culminated in 2022. And then the application of that knowledge is what changed everything in the last year. So now I know that we could do clinical trials. We could do IRBs. We could do any number of tests with any group of people. And it will work for every single one of them. Because even though you're a totally unique genetic being with a, you know, a hand of cards you were dealt, you can, you can work with that because that foundation will work with you like everyone. And once you get that reset, 
Now you're into a, a flow state where you just get better and better and better and better into the future. That's the key. So once I give you the keys, it's up to you what you do with them. You don't answer to me. You're not responsible to me. You're responsible to you. And it's your body. It's your being. It's your, your well-being. When you do the right thing, you get a big, huge reward. When you, when you do the wrong thing, you have to pay a price. And no one wants that. Do you think people are living in a place where they truly don't know how well they could feel living in the toxicity that we're in today? I would say 99.999% of the population is in exactly that state. Then you, you have your health conscious community that are still in that state, but not nearly as bad. So they'll live a little bit longer and have a higher quality of life, but they could totally change that paradigm. All they got to do is just go, just do math. They have, to, they have to logically look at it, take their common sense, get critical thinking going. Just like I had to come to admission that, wow, when these experts were dying on time, I realized that I don't want to die in time. I want to live on time. We flip the script completely. Dying on time means you died at the average age. And if you think, if you think that it's true because everyone around you is dying on time, that it's you should do the same, then you're going to follow that route and die on time. If you have, because your thinking is the thing that you've got to have completely renewed, but that has to start physiologically. Emotion, feelings, thinking, behavior, results. And it just goes in that way. And your heart rate variability is a major part of that. It costs nothing to get your heart rate variability dialed in completely. It takes 30 seconds. All you have to do is do rhythmic breathing. You can get a device that measures your heart rate variability you attach to your ear into an application. You don't need it. I found out that every single person, regardless if they do rhythmic breathing, which is simply breathe into the, into the nose of the count of five, breathe out through the mouth to the count of six very smoothly. Within 30 seconds, they've changed their physiological being in their heart. And it shows right up on the screen. And then you do that for five minutes a day. That's where you start. Just five minutes. You could be driving your car. You could be doing whatever you want. You could be sitting watching a documentary. You do the rhythmic breathing, your physiological being changes significantly. It puts you right into parasympathetic. You start to heal immediately during that time automatically. And you'll get way more energy. Now, if you have a lull during the day, stop and do some rhythmic breathing. If you feel like you should have a nap and you're driving, for example, you're driving to a meeting. This happens with me. Driving to a meeting and I, and I like doing um, polyphasic sleeping where I'll get like five, six hours a night of deep, deep, deep sleep, wake up fully refreshed, ready to go. Halfway through the day, I like to have a half hour nap because that gives me eight hours of super energy. It's like an amazing thing to do. But I say if I can't, because I have to, I'm driving, I got to be in a meeting. I will do rhythmic breathing for about 20 minutes. After the first five minutes, I'm going into a deeper lull. So you got to be careful when you're driving. And then within another five minutes, it'll bring me right back and I'll have total sustained energy for the rest of the day, just by rhythmic breathing. So it doesn't cost anything to do that. <laughs> Very interesting. But you do have a lot of knowledge. And I know that an hour is not even nowhere near long enough to get into everything that you know in your, in your brain, all your knowledge that you have in there about health and wellness. Um, but why don't you tell our audience where they can learn more about you and about the, the courses that you're going to be producing and the products that you offer? Where can they go to learn more? 
Uh, well, the one, the company side for the raw material products are, is activationproducts.com. Uh, I also am building a personal brand to support people on a, on a one-to-one where they can get access to a lot of short videos. And they're on, and I don't, I don't go on TikTok or Instagram. I don't have time, but I do publish on TikTok and Instagram. And they're one, one minute to one and a half minute videos of these, some of the keys. And then the courses are, are going to be uh, rolled out on my personal website, which is ianactivated.com. And, that, and that's all coming here in the very near future. We've been building this for the last year because it takes mm-hmm. a lot of energy and effort to put these courses together to keep them simple so people can look at it. They don't have to go through, jump through a hundred hoops and try a million things, right? <laughs> it's just simple. Right. So yeah, that, that's how, and they could subscribe to our email list. We have, mm-hmm. uh, we have always promotions going out as well as information. And I will, like for our email list, for example, I will send you our email list, which is about 200,000 people. I'm going to send them a link to this video that you and I have done so that they'll come to your, your podcast and take a look at it because that helps people. Because when you're, because I can tell your energy is very, very interested in this type of topic. And you, mm-hmm. you've covered a lot of bases already in your life. So you're, you're, an, you're like a sponge. And so it helps <laughs> to get the information out. And yeah. We'll get, uh, yeah. So it's that kind of thing that we, that we do. Well, and I often, I often tell people when they ask me about the podcast, I'm like, you know, it's a passion project of mine that I truly feel, as you were describing your purpose, I feel like my purpose is truly to get, it's almost like conduit, um, like a connection source. So when I got the vision for this podcast, it was to take people that truly needed help that felt hopeless because I've been in that place before in my life and to connect them with people that one, that they know they're not alone. So other people like-minded that possibly have the same type of stories. And then two specialist people that they can get help from. My heart is truly connecting people with the right resources. And I feel like you have a very valuable resource. I, I feel aligned with, with your vision because I know the power that one, our bodies at, at the rate, our bodies can heal Two, I also know the, um, the power of nutrients and the basic things that we have access to that can help us, but mainstream media, pharmaceutical companies, these different places will tell us, oh, you have to have this magic pill, or you have to have this, or you have to have that. And it's not always the case. Sometimes you just have to have the knowledge and the willpower to change, and you can make massive, massive changes in in your body and in your life. (laughs) Before we close up, do you have any last takeaways or anything you'd like to share? Uh, Any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, I I think it's very important that all of us, and you should build self-esteem as much as you can. There's different ways of doing that. And build your enthusiasm. Because enthusiasm drives joy. And joy is your strength. So I want people to be joyful, ultimately, at all times. And even when the world might be crashing down around you with circumstance, you still have that inner joy that you know that everything's going to work out and you've got the resilience, the coherence, the resonance to get through it all. That's wonderful on so many levels. I cannot wait to check out 
your website and all the all the different things that you offer because um, personally for my own self I um, I need all this stuff <laughs> I need it and I need the knowledge I need more of your knowledge so I'm uh, I thank you so much for just spending the time with us today and and educating us and you know just telling us that I've definitely learned so many things and I'm sure going back and listening to this again I'll learn even more so um, thank you so much for being with us today Ian. And thank you for sharing your energy and thank you everyone who's been watching. Thank you for listening to Through the Trauma Podcast. If you have found value in this episode or believe in the mission behind what we are doing, please subscribe so that you never miss any future episodes. Also, be sure to check out our Transformation Project at transformationthroughtraumaproject.com where we help inspirational stories get heard on a larger scale through multiple platforms. If you know someone who can benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Until next time.